Wow, just yesterday we were talking about uh, how it appeared that the Trudeau Liberals were cracking under the strain of imposing so much tyranny on so many people in Canada. And uh, as if on cue, we have the announcement uh, yet to be made as of this recording, federal government to end COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Okay, this is the uh, Canadian press story. Uh, sources confirm it was leaked to the, uh, the state mouthpiece for the Trudeau regime, the CBC, originally. They reported it, and uh, obviously Canadian press picked it up. Globe and Mail has it, and you can certainly read about it in the pages of the Toronto Sun. Sources confirm the Canadian government is putting an end to COVID-19 vaccine mandates for domestic and outbound international travelers and federally regulated workers. So this is a major cave not a 100% cave-in, but it's pretty damn close. And so uh, you'll have to excuse me if I'm spiking the football a little bit, as does uh, our friend Joe Warmington, of course. You can read Joe's work in the pages of the Toronto Sun. He did some fantastic work at the airport, as a matter of fact, which is a disaster area, and I suspect has a lot to do with the reasons why this is going on. Joe Warmington, welcome to the show. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, one of those things where, you know, persistence kind of pays off, although I'm pretty cynical about all of it. But before we get into that, uh, the bottom line is that when I was on with you yesterday, Mark, we talked about the truth of this is that the Trudeau government is teetering, you know, on, on going off the rails, if you will. And that's basically what the reaction was to this. It was sort of a compounding you know, a series of, of issues that were piling up on him, including some of the coverage that you did and we did. Um, but mostly, just like it was with the Emergency Act, when he pulled that, the banks were like, how much money is going to go out of this country uh, before, you know, and they basically pulled it. And this is the same thing. I mean, the travel industry, the oil industry, the, you know, obviously airlines and all of that real estate, everybody is saying like, what the hell are you doing? I mean, at some point, we're going to be collapsing. So, Basically, what happened here, Mark, was they just folded the cards on this hand. Really, not that much has changed. I mean, they're going to let people get on flights domestically because that's the only thing that they can do. The people that work at the airports, they're going to have to drop those mandates because they just can't keep up with it. But it's really sneaky because, as you said, if you want to fly here from somewhere, if you fly out, when you come back, they still want to you know, give you testing. They want to give you quarantine, things like that. It's still a vicious, vindictive cruel way to treat free citizens and you know hopefully the weight of the rest of it will collapse this nonsense but nothing would surprise me and they're making special point and you'll hear that in the news conferences about it that this is a suspension and not you know an all-out pulling of it so they can bring it back at any time and i suspect they'll try yeah i suspect they will too but this is a i think this is a quite a come down and uh, I've also made the case that they can't really push that third shot unless they keep these mandates. They have to have a way for punishing people who reject these shots. And uh, they want to bring, we saw in that story that CTV peddled a couple of weeks back, the idea that somehow scientists now think, well, you really should have that third shot. Now we have the prime minister himself, uh, you know, fully vaxxed and boosted coming down with COVID or so he says. I mean, I, I no idea whether anything that comes out of his mouth has any truth to it whatsoever. And then you see him, what appears to be, violating his own COVID rules, coming back into the country with with COVID, 
Uh, so there are some suggestions that he's certainly playing fast and loose with his own rules here. I mean, well, he doesn't have rules that apply to him, but uh, but you're right. I mean, the bottom line is that all of it is collapsing on him. It's all you know egregious. The biggest story of all is, and again, it's part of the the reason why they sort of shine this and look everyone look over here and feel like the hammer is stopping on your head there. Vacation time, everyone's already thinking about it, and of course. You know, the real story is that the vaccines, their vaccines, the ones that they made people take and they took people, put them in jail and, and, and the like and lost their jobs and seized their bank accounts over, they don't work and they're, they're not successful. It's something that's not worked for them or for society, yet the taxpayers are paying for it and the people that took it, uh, you know, must feel, and even though they're sort of programmed to not feel, and of course they're highly encouraged not to comment on it or they could lose everything. But the, the truth is, in the prime minister's case, I mean, what a bad commercial for the vaccines when he's had, I don't know if it's three or four, but he's had COVID, I think, three times, at least he says, as you said. And so they don't work. And it's it's too bad. I mean, it'd be nice if they forced it on people and it, it actually also worked. But it's really appalling that they forced it on people and it doesn't work. And that's the big elephant in the room. Uh, our friend Ezra Levant, I mean, he says basically this uh, started with the with the trucker convoy, and yeah. uh, the dagger was, of course, that NHL player, which uh, you know very well, you, you've written and spoken about, who came out and said, uh, "This is ridiculous. What's what's happened at Pearson International Airport is uh, at the level of uh, of third world uh, infrastructure." Uh, this, we're talking about Ryan Whitney, of course, who was trapped in uh, Toronto's airport for a full day, made a viral video, about a, two million views. And so all of this uh, has served to uh, eat away at Trudeau's, what, what was left of Trudeau's credibility. It seemed like he wanted to go anywhere uh, that would take him outside the country. And uh, now he's playing fast and loose with his own rules, violating the rules. He was, he was in the U.S. and came back with covid you cannot enter Canada if yeah, you have the COVID. Thing is, like, you know, it's amazing because the, you know, the prime minister comes back. There's videos of him hugging President Biden and people like that uh, down there, and yet there's no there's no stories on, you know, is the president okay or did the, you know whatever all of that because the the media party just leave this guy alone and they cover like I said the the shiny bobble over here. The reality of it is that. You know, until they eliminate all of it and say it's eliminated and we're going back to normal. It's a free country. You're free. Uh, they're not saying that. They're holding that sort of whip hand, if you will. And like I say, in poker, if you're losing, you lose the hand and or you lose the battle in war and then you come back. That's part of winning. And, and that's the way they're looking at it. He's also lost his internal caucus. Now, he's, you know sort of uh, has this weird deal with the NDP, but that could collapse too. Yeah, talk about that. Time. I mean, at, at what point does the even the NDP now start to distance itself because uh, they don't want to go down with the ship. And uh, these rats are trying to scurry around now, realizing just how toxic this prime minister is and his government is. And so the, the liberals need NDP support because uh, those uh, now those... Uh, and those censorship bills, those internet censorship bills, now suffering uh, a setback as well. It's a it, yeah, no, it's a fail. It's a failed government. It's a failed, you know, uh, leadership, and it's a country that's it's failing. 
I mean, we, you know, we can't afford to get in our cars and drive anywhere. Uh, there's, you know, shortages of food. To buy food, you have to take a mortgage. One in four people that own houses could lose them because of varying rates going up. Uh, you know, basically, as of now, until this kicks in, you can't properly travel unless you take, you know, a vaccine that doesn't work. Um, inflation is out of control. I mean, there's not one file that they're winning on. I mean, I'm not trying to be mean. I mean, I know that they think that they're sensational. I know the media says they're sensational. You don't because you tell the truth. We try to tell the truth. The truth is that these are people that aren't good at what they do. They're ruining the country. It's a great free country. They jail people that that speak out against it. It's really no different than any of the kind of countries that we've covered before that had communism brought in and all that kind of stuff. They kind of it's like a creeping, sneaky way of bringing all that in. And yet, you know, people don't say anything because it's really hard to. And you know, but now uh, to your back to your point about the NDP, you know, all these parties are driven by constituencies. And they're they have writing associations, like in the case of Adam Van Coverden. Yeah, uh, apologizing your, your story. For the your story. Yeah, you know, and and the and the Ryan Whitney story I did as well. Uh, you know, it was, these are so, both social media stories that were out there that the media don't cover. Uh, once uh, media does decide to cover it, Toronto Sun decided to cover it. Myself as the writer of it then it catches on and others cover it. And obviously, you I don't include you in there because you always cover it, even before we cover it. But the, the reality of it is that, you know, the, the media now has become almost reactive to what a narrative is. That's not what it should do. It should be setting the tone. It should cover all of it. And I cover all of it, too. I mean, if there's something that I don't like, that you know, or a particular bent that's not my fancy, I still tweet it out or I still comment on it because that's what's happening. And you need to have people comment on it and see what it is. And so that's what I think the NDP is going to face. I think that's what the liberals are facing. In the case of uh, Adam Van Coverden, he uh, represents Milton. And Milton is, is not the kind of community that tells people, F you. It just isn't. It's a quality, you know, very, very family-driven place. They've had the same mayor for 40 years in Gord Krantz. They're big on fiscal conservatism there uh, they have a farmer's market uh you know they they care they have a santa claus parade they didn't cancel that like streetsville did and they, they just are honorable community and you know it's a bigger community than it was when i was a kid when there was only twenty thousand there but it's you know up around two hundred thousand now but it still has those same values so you know again the pressure that came from the constituency to tell that guy no matter what you can't talk to a woman like that you can't talk to anybody like that. But it was an and indicator, so, Joe, if you recall, it was an indicator that this that these guys are cracking under the strain. That was the whole that was the context under which what? we looked at that story. Yeah, in and of itself, it was a, a lousy thing for a guy to do uh, tell anybody that online, you know, uh, in a direct message whether it was um, you know, spur of the moment thing or whatever he did it, he apologized for it. But my point was that these guys are feeling the heat uh, thanks to the pressure of Having to do what they're doing, and um, you got to remember that they're cracking. You got to remember they're cracking. That. So just yeah, remember. Look who you're looking at. You got uh, you know the prime minister who's basically a failed sort of part-time drama teacher, failed actor, failed at really everything. He didn't finish his degrees in school. He, he's basically a loser. Like he, does, he he's never achieved anything. If his name's not Trudeau, he doesn't you know he doesn't have a job most likely. But it's not just him. 
the people around him are all failed too, or they're, they're not really accomplished. Like this guy's a kayaker, the Vancouver did. He went to the Olympics and he managed to get a medal. He's good at that. But that doesn't qualify you to be in charge of, or of anything. And then go on down the list. I mean, you go through his cabinet. Everybody there are politicos or they're connected to Schwab or, or Soros or, you know, whatever. They're, they're not people of, of very great substance. Um, and the people that had substance in that caucus, like a Stefan Dion or, you know, people like that. Uh, I think of uh, McCallum, John McCallum. They've moved all those guys out. I mean, they're nowhere near there because they just saw them as fossils. But they were, got, you know, they were people that represented the whole country. Whether you agree with their liberal politics or not, they were, you know, people of, of some sort of background. And, and that's what happens when you have people that are all pretending to be something. And this, this, uh, um... I don't I don't I, I don't think that's uh, foreign to any government. I, I understand it's not just this liberal government, but it's an observation I think is worth noting. This tweet from uh, Pierre Polyev this morning. Leaked news reveals liberals feel pressure from Canadians and are suspending, not eliminating some vaccine mandates. But we don't know if that means all COVID mandates suspended for civil servants, RCMP, military. Uh, it isn't over until all mandates are gone for good. I mean, this is a guy who's garnered a lot of support from people who are sick of these mandates. And... Um, I suppose that maybe takes one of the arrows out of his quiver I, as he goes for the leadership of the party. Uh, what, what do you mm. think about that? Yeah, it's an interesting observation you just made. I mean, I hadn't really thought of that, but this could also be strategic uh, from the liberals and the conservatives that don't that want a more liberal kind of leader Yeah, to pull back on this thing, fold your hand on it, and it is a bit of a bait-and-switch kind of thing, and it affects him. Um uh, you know, it's a very astute observation there. Uh, we'll have to keep our eye on that thing. I know that there's been a full court press to try to keep Polyev from that leadership. Uh, the, you know, they don't want to have, they, they keep talking about right-wing populism. They're so afraid of it on the liberal side. They make it basically, you know, they demonize it, make it illegal, make it sort of not cool to support it and say there's something wrong with you. Uh, and that's the prime minister's theme all the time. Well, the, one of the reasons for that is that they do have to go, you know, purport at least to, to go to an electorate. Um, and, you know, assuming that all that stuff's done on the up and up, uh, people ultimately decide on it. Um, and so uh, very interesting. Uh, right. I, I don't know where this is all going, but I know this, that if you're not vaccinated and you want to go to the States for vacation, when you come back, it sounds like you have to have a test and you have to uh, quarantine. How is that any different? Well, as you can, I mean, I can come back. It's getting out. This is the problem, right? Is um, like I'm in, you know, you know as well as I do. I'm in, is uh, I'm in Florida right now, and uh, under the old rules, I could come back and not leave. I would not be allowed to fly out again. I would have to try and drive out and hope that there's no issues with that. But if you, but if you I, and come, I could not fly domestically, here, and I could not fly internationally. No, but if you come back here, yeah, you're gonna have to face the authorities. Yeah, and you shouldn't have to. Of course but not. We're, we're, I don't we're gonna, think we're, so. gonna de- we're gonna detain you, and we're gonna say to you, listen, here's you're, you're not free. You're gonna go into quarantine. I don't know what the, the the date is. Doesn't matter that the prime minister doesn't have to do that. You do, and then in there, uh, now you're in the system. You make one mistake in there. 
uh, or they, they, they decide to keep an eye on you, then maybe you can't fly out. There's too many rules. You're free to come and go. You've got, a, you've got uh, children here. You want to come and see them, jump on a flight, come back up, see your kids, and fly back out. And you know what? We're not going to interfere with you in any which way. Uh, that's freedom. And I think that's what Paul Yev, you know, I think it's not just for the political side of it, but just, you know, in terms of what his role is. It's exactly what he should be continuing to stay on top I, of. I couldn't agree more. Joe Warmington joining us on Saga 960 on this Tuesday edition of the Mark Petronas Show. We're talking, I guess we're, are we spiking the football as a time or, or do we keep our powder dry? I tend to think the, uh, the latter. I think you wait and see exactly what these guys are doing. I think some of the bought-off media are uh, feeling a little bit down because they know that they've been on the wrong side of this. I mentioned that tweet by uh, Andy Coyne over there. Wondering, amusing online whether or not he had uh, lost the uh, the moral high ground on this issue to a bunch of anti-vaxxers. So here he is slamming these people just simply because they won't relinquish their bodily autonomy right to their own body. But to me, it was almost an acknowledgement, and I, you and I can disagree or, or agree on this one, Joe, by some of these people, these elites, these pundits, that they've lost the fight to try and gain the hearts and minds of the population here, that somehow the actions of this government are perfectly justifiable, even as every other country seems to say, no, we're not going to go down that road. That's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, unless, of course, you're a totalitarian nation like China, whom this uh, prime minister worships at the feet of. But um, I, I just hope that this is the first domino. This is the first domino. And uh, they're they're clearly running into more and more I have more in the way of headwinds, the censorship bill, the bill in which uh, the border guards want the right to uh, or a lot more uh, power to examine your cell phones. You know, that now has run into uh, a bit of uh, pushback. Uh, And so maybe this is the start of the collapse of the Trudeau government. Um, maybe I am dreaming in technicolor, but that's how it starts. It starts off slowly, then there's a break, then there's uh, one domino after the other, and this thing goes down in a crashing heap. And so, I don't know, I want to believe that this is the start of something really good, that this is a victory for freedom. I'm being tentative, I'm being cautious, but on the other hand, I'm thinking, yeah, it's about time. It's about time, Joe. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I think that you never know with any of these kinds of things. I do think that this is a bit of a, you know, like the hammer analogy where they stop and you thank them and you go on vacation. Maybe you get to see some family again, get it out of your system, and then they come try to lock it back down with more more of the same or they'll come up with something new. Um, is that is that uh, cynical or is that even possible? I mean, the bottom line is to what you're saying is that people have got to stand up and say, no, the freedom is, is mine to take. You don't get to tell me how to think or, you know, what have you. And collectively, if they do that, then, you know, the weight of, of that collapses whatever's in the way of it. But we haven't seen that from Canada. We don't even see it here. I mean, we don't understand the complete behind-the-scenes pressures. But for Trudeau to collapse on this thing, you know, he's very smart politically. He understands how to hang on to power and keep power at all costs. So does Doug Ford. They're cut from the same cloth. They're about keeping power. 
And so whatever the pressures are, you know, he's just playing the game uh, to, to do that. Is he done? People will free. I'm, I'm I gonna, don't, I don't is know. he done? Is, I, I don't, is Trudeau I, I don't finished? Think so. um, I don't think so. Um, I think that this, the strategy that he's doing here will give him more runway. But, you know, I don't know. I We'll see. I mean, there's not an election until 2025. So. Well, that, we don't know that at all. I mean, the, the NDP, I think, I think the NDP support is a mile wide and an inch th- thick because if they sense that Trudeau is teetering, uh, if a whole bunch of people in his caucus, the eunuchs in the back bench, all of a sudden um, grow a pair, figuratively speaking, obviously, then um, who knows? This guy may have been had his hand pushed again by his backbenchers. Uh, I think I think he's in trouble. I think he's in big trouble. Here's another story: Mendicino loses crucial vote. Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicino lost a key vote on the cell phone search bill. Nine of 12 members of the Senate National Security Committee rejected his proposal to designate, quote, reasonable general concern, unquote, as justification for to search electronic devices at border crossing. So you're gonna, you want to cross and, I don't know, they don't like the look of you, Joe? Oh, yeah, we know you. We, we know what you've uh, written about. Uh, we we want to have a look at your cell phone. We want to have a look at your tablet. We want to see what you got in there. Uh, the quote, this is Bill S-7, an act to amend the Customs Act would permit border agents, quote, with a reasonable general concern of criminality to demand travelers surrender passwords for searches of cell phones, tablets, and laptops under the threat of having mobile devices. It never ends with these people, Joe. It never, ever wow. stops with these people. It's disgusting. That, that's wild that it got defeated, though. Uh, you know, maybe you're onto it. You know, maybe it's catching up with them. Uh, people don't want communism here. They don't want uh, authoritarian governments. And so, you know, hopefully you're right. And, um, but, I, you know, don't underestimate them. I mean, you know what I mean? And now they're having to force um, an end to debate on these uh, web regulations. Commons voting 174 to 146 imposing closure on the latest cabinet bill to regulate the internet. The motion was worse than anything attempted by Stephen Harper. That according to a green MP, I cannot think of a time when a motion this egregious was put forward in that era. I mean, for them to say that life well, this was- is the, uh, this is the great mystery of this era is how that Vietnam anti-nukes kind of crowd that I grew up covering, uh, ended up going with big pharma and big tech and deciding that, you know, it just never really added up to me. And, you know, unless somebody's sending out uh, great incentives to encourage that and keep them coming, you knew it was going to collapse at some point because it's just not ideologically aligning with the left, if you will, if you want to call it that, the, you know, the protest crowd. And so, you know, basically, you may be right. It won't be because of anything a conservative like yourself says. Maybe it's an internal thing. Maybe it's the left. They've had enough of this nonsense. They're recognizing... Um that this guy is really, truly bad. Uh, it's, it's, well, it's, there's a global acknowledgement said, now. Uh, once, once these leftists and late-night TV go after you, the Bill Mars of the world, once they turn on you, it, it, it kind of speaks to an overall sense that the average guy and gal uh, is going to be turning on him as well and recognize that there's, there's an acknowledgement here. We get Joe Rogan, people like that, uh, talking almost on a regular basis attacking this guy books uh, near the at or near the top of the Amazon 
a book list, book sales lists, saying, you know, uh, looking at how Trudeau stole freedom. That's a very popular book on Amazon. Um, so it's, it's, it's caught up to these guys, Joe. It's caught up. To, they are feeling the heat. And you pointed it out in part with that story you did about this uh, Milton area MP telling a, uh, a constituent to, you know, do that. And uh, that is an indicator that that shows that these guys are cracking under the strain of the tyranny that they've imposed on Canadians. And it speaks to Canadians pushing back. And then on the other hand, you have this elitist slimeball Trudeau breaking his own rules, coming back with COVID, flying with COVID, not giving a rat's ass, and then feeding this thing to, to uh, the public, the state funded mouthpiece at the CBC saying, yeah, okay, we're going to ease up on, on this thing. You know, almost as though it was like a, a spur of the moment, uh, you know, decision. Like, I don't think he even talked to uh, Abracadabra well, there, the minister. Yeah, as Ezra showed, you know, he put it out there, uh, the rebel did, that the minister didn't even know about it. So, you know, that shows you that they're just flying by the seat of their pants. The one thing that, that Trudeau gets to do because he pulled the same thing about I've got COVID when the truckers convoy was on. So then he gets to go back to wherever he's, you know, kind of uh, isolating, if you will. And it changes for him. It's like a sick day. And then he can operate and meet with people. And the routine kind of tracking of all that, whether it's secretaries or people that are supposed to keep notes because they're supposed to be working for us, all that gets suspended. And, and you know, it's, it's not safe for people to come in and, the same room with them and these kinds of things. And it gives it gives a real opportunity to kind of do things uh, differently. You know, they can talk about it without it being recorded. And so, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm being cynical. I mean, let's hope he's okay uh, and we wish him the best. But it is a little bit uh, kind of, you know, interesting timing all the time. How do you make and amends, I said, though? You know, I mean, I want to throw this I, at you because we only have a few minutes. All right. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have to ask. I mean, at what point do we start going after the people who were responsible for this criminality? In other words, I don't want to be in a situation where maybe they're thrown out, maybe Trudeau's replaced, and this vermin that pushed this stuff on millions of people somehow gets to waltz off into the sunset, having stolen God knows how much money, having paid off, that some and somehow they got away with it, thinking, well, yeah, we didn't go as far maybe... We didn't go all the way to the end zone, but hey, it's over. We're, and then the new people, the new regime says, yeah, we got to move on. Uh, it's time to heal. And uh, what's what's done is done. You no, know, I, I think the people who perpetrated this fraud and heaped this misery on Canadians need to pay a price. They need to be brought to justice, well, I, Joe. You know what? I mean, it's an excellent point. Um, it's going to be tricky. I mean, anybody who's lost somebody, like a guy like Dan Hartman, who lost his son, Sean Hartman, and where does it, you know, where does this go? If you think about, if you don't believe that the vaccine was uh, safe and it was responsible for some things, it's endless. I don't know how to answer your question. Um, I, you know, I think that might be better left for a new government to approach because this government's not going to impose it on themselves. But I agree with you. Maybe the, we need an election a lot sooner than 2025. And maybe we'll get it. Maybe we will. that will provide the clarity that you're that you're looking for. I could tell that you're not alone. 
a lot of people really feel that way. It's not my kind of thing, but that's kind of a, a, a bit of a problem that I've always had. I mean, in fact, I was criticized for that yesterday and I didn't disagree. Sometimes, you know, I always sort of, I want things to, I want people to do well. And I don't dislike people just because of things, you know, for, for politics or what have you. But you need all different kinds of people, don't you? You need to have your diplomats and you need to have your warriors and you need to have people that have long memories and sometimes it's good to have short memories. Yeah. And um, and so anyway, uh, but I do, I do think, though, that there needs to be a reckoning, if you will, for all what we've been through because this is serious stuff when they take away the freedoms of people. And there wasn't enough people that fought People have it. to pay for it because if they don't, they're going to try it again. I mean, uh, you have to punish the scumbags who did this. And uh, the idea that somehow we're all going to sweep it under the rug, let this vermin responsible for what's happened over the last two, three years, the theft, the monumental levels of theft and corruption involving billions of dollars in pandemic money that's lost, stolen, misappropriated, and these people are just going to walk off into the sunset, spend their money, spend their ill-gotten gains. These are criminals. I don't want to ruin your day. I don't want to <laughs> ruin your day, Mark. But I got to tell you, they're still in power and they really haven't changed very much. So, you know, as I said, I think it's a good analogy. It's a, it's a hand of poker that they folded on. They're still in the game, and they still got chips. They're Don't still in. They're. Uh, I, I'm going to suggest to you, my friend, that they're in big trouble, and they damn well know it. Got to go to a break. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hope All I didn't best. take up too much of your time today. Uh, <laughs> check out you. Joe's terrific, stellar reporting in the pages, and he's right in the tip of the spear here in terms of uh, fighting uh, these people and exposing these 